This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Welcome to Get Geeked. Brought to you by Geek Fest and Sin City Comics. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new podcast on the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Please welcome yourselves and everybody else to Get Geeked. This is our first episode brought to you by Sin City Comics, of course, and brought to you by Geeked Fest. Guys, it's our first episode. I'm excited. Are you excited? Very excited. Now, the regular experience on this podcast is going to be we're going to review comic books, talk about video games, talk about movies. We're going to need a bit more streamlined, a bit more of a format and a process, but it's still going to be the same old lovable mofos you're looking at right now. The difference being, it's going to be PG-13. Now, yes, Joe in Iowa, I did just say that I, Matt Lees, am going to host a PG podcast. It's not going to be easy for any of us, but the software does have a bleep out option, so we'll get there in the end. I'm here with Shane and Chris, the boys behind Geek Fest. Welcome, boys. Right. I told both of you just before we started to get closer to the mic, and you both moved away from the mic. Guys, it's, it's, it's very difficult being this close yeah, to him. Yeah. yeah, I know, man, but hey, I don't like being this close to y'all. Tell mm. him to buy a new mic. Yeah, you buy a new mic. You're the one working all the... Uh, now, all, yeah, you buy a new mic. You're the one who works most of the time. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Traveling down to London, you're probably getting paid mad ducats, son. Mm, yeah, so you should, wages, man. you should buy a new mic. That's two of us who voted yeah, now. Yeah. Two on one, dog. No, no, he's just yeah, like, I ain't, yeah, I ain't buying nothing. Yeah. I ain't buying nothing. All right, so Put it in a memo. it's the first episode of Get Geeked, and we've got a special guest. So because you guys are the ones that did all the legwork to, to, to acquire us said guest, why don't you go into that a little bit? Well, ooh, yeah, well we, we, we dropping a name who it is yet? Oh. Well, he's on the show, man. Oh, oh, so yeah. they're going to know. like a spoiler. <laughs> I asked that for every single it, guest name. It, we thought I talked to someone. It's like got like an amount of information in your head you don't know what's what's confidential or not what is it i'll say it with everyone even if it's on the title of the podcast we're like we like to say we like to say yeah to be to be fair it will be the title of the podcast okay so brilliant perfect. Cool, wicked so yeah, go, yeah. Carry well, on. he's great i mean ross mullen he's he's um a brilliant costume guy and i was most uh i most geeked out because uh Bit of a guilty pleasure. I quite like the remake of uh, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great film when I was growing up. You know, all yeah, the little yeah, clay yeah. ones, and all that. And uh, yeah, he, he played uh, one of the Stygian witches. Which, right. Uh, fortunately, I need to question him on a bit next time. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've we've kind of bumped into him a couple of times uh, yeah. in the other cons, and we he, he's yeah, such, yeah. again one of those really nice guys. That he's so approachable. Yeah, yeah. Got some great stories. So yeah, I was looking forward to this. I mean, he was willing to do a podcast with us three, Momo. Oh, so you know, that's, that's he's got to be patient. Mm. He's a fellow Canadian. Yeah. You're my boy, Ross, fellow Canadian. Um, but I think it was really cool of him to do this and to be a part of Absolutely, everything. Absolutely, yeah. Um, sure, it's great to be part of the con, but to also agree to do a podcast. That's amazing. It's the kind of th- guy as well, you know, right at the start when we were still in the early ages of development of Geek Fest, he was one of the first to jump on, you know, he's, he's always keen for these kind of things, really good for supporting yeah. kind of the the um, uh, the area. And even he says, you know, a bit later on in a podcast, how he's, he's, he's so happy with kind of the, the opportunity to meet the fans, yep. to, to see all the, the, the kind of the... Um, 
you know all the good stories that he gets from like uh, from his fans and from fans of, of the area and all that. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's re- really good, really supportive guy, really nice guy to have on board. We're really happy for that. Absolutely, we'll go over it with him on the show. But he's done tons of stuff. You guys have probably all seen him in. You know, he, he he's he's played lots of characters, and I as I go on to talk to him about, it, he played a lot of scary characters. Um, but he's also, you know, he's got guilty pleasures. He talks about his daytime TV likes, uh, <laughs> you know, so I think we're all really excited then. And of course, if you're coming to geek fest, or of course you're coming to geek fest, there's going to be a Q and a with him as well. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, it is, and he's got such a wide variety of stuff he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones, Doctor Who, and as Chris mentioned, Clash of the Titans and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, he, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions to be had and he's, yeah. I, I think we got him in two podcasts. He's going both the Doctor Who and the Game of Thrones one. Oh, the Q and A's. So the Q, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Q and A's on podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah, yeah. He's a really approachable guy. Really yeah. nice. Absolutely. You I mean you'll get that from his vibe on the podcast, guys? But completely approachable. You wouldn't have any. You know, you. He seems he's great. We had a great time with him. Um, we're not just doing this just to both smoke up his butt because he did the show with us. I think we all genuinely had a good time here. Yep, he had absolutely. us all chuckling, and he'll do the same for you if you come to the Q and A and see him. And again, he's a fellow Canadian, so he started. He's already ranked above you two guys. Uh, I got to be honest. I wouldn't. He's from the homeland, man. Yeah, okay. I mean, we got, we got to stick together. He's a lovely guy. But just when you born in Wales, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I lived most of my formative years <laughs> in Canada, and you guys have already teased that you're replacing <laughs> me with another Canadian anyway. So maybe me and Ross will do our own podcast. Right, maybe guys. we don't need you guys. <laughs> have you emailed Ross about that yet? <laughs> do you ask him, guys? I'm really glad that you're letting me be involved with the Geek Fest. I just, <laughs> just want to say thanks. He thought he was in the post, bro. <laughs> for, the, for the opportunity. Don't worry, Rachel. You're fine. Yeah, you Rachel's Rachel's good, but I'm sacked. Yeah, yeah you can well, stay at home. Fine. Good luck. Okay. With your Q and A, I hope your mic cord breaks and you have to borrow it from somebody at work, like I did today. <laughs> um, I want to take a quick minute because we're talking about Geek Fest. I want to drop this on you. Are you a nerd? Do you feel lost and alone in the real world? Do you find your inner geek unsatisfied? Then we've got the perfect solution for you, ladies and gentlemen. That was my announcer, but it's Geeked Fest. August 8th and 9th from the Newport Center. Tickets are available now for South Wales' newest and the UK's hottest comic convention. Check out the displays with guests, stalls full of artwork, comics, and other nerd merch. The Throne, I mean The Throne from Game of Thrones, cosplayers like a mofo, Thundercats ho, and oh so much more. Please join us August 8th and 9th in Newport for a guaranteed full-on tantric nerdgasm. I'm going to be there. They're going to be there. Our guest this week, Ross Mullen, is going to be there. So don't delay because tickets are limited. You do not want to miss the debut of GeekFest. So get yourself to geekfest.com for more details. Wow. What do you think, man? That, that was beautiful, mate. Yeah, you know what? I've just realized that if we ever do this show live or in front of an audience, you guys are no use to me because <laughs> you both went into the giggles right away. I expect it from him. It was, it was, I'm, I got, you've got the voice of an angel, Matt. Well, I know, but let's not state the obvious. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, you giggled. Man. He was gone immediately. You had two seconds of manhood and then you were gone too. <laughs> I'm over here trying so to did deliver. Did you hear a, the music you had? That was not just me. You hear the music you put on behind it. Yeah, the music was glorious, it, man. It was. It was exactly that. So it, it, it's it, either that or Ave Maria, really. Well, <laughs> it was beautiful, man. It was from wrestling, okay? Like they always are for me. Um, now, just before we go into the interview, there is something that we do need to do because we had a basically we had another 
special helper or a sponsor for today. Uh, and, and we got to say thank you to him because without him, the show would not be happening at the moment. All right, here at Get Geeked, we wanted to take a quick moment to say a very special thank you to the one and only Henry Jones. That's his real name. Do you get the reference? If you don't get the reference, you're fired from Geek Oh, no, no, I got it. I got it. Jeez. All right. All right. Come. It's the PG-friendly version. Be careful. Vicious. We want to say thank you to Henry Jones for lending us a mic cable so that we could do this show because, as you would have heard on the last episode of our other show, I ripped the mic cord in half because I'm like the Hulk. So thank you to Henry Jones for lending us the mic cord, which meant that this very podcast could continue and could carry on. Thank you very much, Henry. Henry the legend. Henry's the man of the week, we'll say. There you go. All right, so hey, you know what? Enough from us just babbling. Let's let you guys listen to somebody interesting with something of value to say, and that's not any of us. That's our good friend Ross Mullen. He is our guest this week. He's done things like Game of Thrones and Doctor Who, and above and beyond all of that, he is a fellow Canadian. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our first ever guest on Get Geeked, Mr. Ross Mullen. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello, everybody. We are doing great, uh, and it's uh, it's really exciting to have you here. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's cool for me because I, I can let you know that many of the characters that I've seen you play, I'll be honest, have terrified me. Oh so, really? Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> which which one terrified you most? Well, we don't even need to go into the White Walker because that's just you know terrifying. But even the Teller, even you know the that's Keep No that. Secrets Doctor Who character, because you're looking in yeah. that TV and I'm like, he can probably hear what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> It says he can hear my thoughts. He can hear guilt. I'm terrified. <laughs> but but it must be a great uh, experience for you. Uh, well, yeah. You know, like ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a monster on Scooby-Doo. And uh, I guess like kind of my dreams came true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know. I guess I was always kind of a, destined to be a creepy kid. And uh, I grew up to be a creepy guy. <laughs> hey, but um, at least you're getting yeah, paid for know. being creepy. Not everybody can say that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I do love playing monsters, and and uh, especially, you know, I, I started, in, the first monster I really officially played was in uh, Clash of the Titans, mm-hmm. the remake by Warner Brothers with Sam Worthington, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was a real baptism of fire. You know, I was uh, in 40 pounds of prosthetic. And yeah. it was truly monstrous and a nightmare for myself. And I never thought I would do it again, actually. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then Connor O'Sullivan, who created the creatures in uh, Clash of the Titans, got in touch with me and uh, brought me down to Nina Gold's office, who was casting for the White Walker in Game of Thrones. And they showed me the drawings of, um, of the White Walker, and I just thought, wow, man, he looks so creepy and awesome and cool and uh he wouldn't be you know the 40 pounds of prosthetic that i was wearing in clash the titan so uh i agreed to do it again and then after that i realized i kind of had a, a niche market going for myself yeah definitely have there been moments where you've caught yourself in a mirror in all this all this get up and these terrifying costumes and thought oh my goodness what am i doing yeah, I mean, that is that is actually one of the funnier kind of things, is when you're sitting in the chair for five hours getting your makeup done, and uh, the the team are all getting really used to just chatting to you. They get used to your face like that, yeah. so you get used to it as well. Uh, you sit around, and then, you know, you're all just talking about normal stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. Facebooking and just chatting and gossiping, and then you sort of go to the toilet, and you catch yourself in the mirror, and you think... 
wow, I'm really, <laughs> really creepy looking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's really funny because, you, you know, they must just get used to me being like that um, and don't see me as creepy. Uh, and because we had really, really late nights on set, yeah. we all kind of end up cuddling up together on the sofa and falling asleep in various positions. And I think when the uh, first AD or the second AD comes in to wake us up to start shooting, uh, they have quite an interesting sort of array of, you know, team all kind of messed up together with the ugly, hideous White Walker all cuddled up together. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. It'd, be, it'd probably be a really big challenge for me, tired or not, to cuddle up to the White Walker, though. <laughs> Uh, I know. But and I think if I was I half guess asleep, my personality kind of bleeds through a bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'd probably get to, if I got to know you better, I wouldn't just be scared of the costume. But all I can yeah. imagine is I get comfortable. We have our little pre-take nap, and then when I wake up, I'm waking up next to a White Walker. <laughs> so you know, if you forget where you yeah. are for a moment, yeah. Shane's got a funny story about that. Shane's got a funny story, apparently, <laughs> Ross, about White Walkers and terrifying himself. Uh, uh-huh. he, he's now shaking his head in embarrassment, so he either doesn't remember or he doesn't want to tell the come story. On, what is that? Uh, come on, remember. If you don't was Cynthia or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> apparently, 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 uh, apparently, Ross, it's a reference to a girl. So, oh, okay. Uh, you know, yikes. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, now, Ross, we all we, we did mention just before we started. Obviously, you have a familiar mm-hmm. accent to myself, which makes me feel very comfortable. Both my wife and uh-huh. myself are are Canadians. Well, I'm a Canadian by proxy. I moved there yeah. very young. Uh, I lived in uh-huh. and around Toronto in Kitchener, Ontario. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, spent a lot of time at the Sky Dome with the Blue Jays and all that sort of thing. And you had mentioned uh, cool. that, that you so studied... So what are you doing over here? Uh, essentially, I decided to just come home because eventually home always you know, calls you home. Uh, I was uh-huh. in between jobs at the time and thought, now's the time to jump. And you always miss home. I don't know if you feel that way, you know, being an expat away from home. I don't know if you get that, well, that underlying feeling of always missing home. Uh, I don't know. Like, I came here 24 years ago to London and... Uh, I just fell madly in love with the city. You know, I, yeah. I, I lived in Toronto for four years and coming from Montreal, it just didn't seem to fit my, my way. Right. And uh, I was still like kind of a, I had a little traveling bug in me and I kind of, my idea was to come here to live for a year, bartend or do something like that and then travel around and see the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I fell in love with London and I, um, I just stayed, and I, I, I fell into acting relatively quickly, uh, which surprised me, because everybody said, oh, you really kind of have to study over here, but I got myself an agent, and I started touring all over uh, the UK, Europe, the Middle East, and Asia with musicals and shows. Right. Uh, I trained with Jim Henson's company, The Muppets, you yeah. know, like in the early 90s. Oh, we were definitely uh, going to go back still, to that. Uh, yeah. based up in Camden, in the Creature, mm-hmm. the Creature Shop up there. Yep. Um, so like a lot of, I just kind of fell on my feet here and everything, every, it seems like everything I did here just seemed to say yes and stay. Yeah, <laughs> And, absolutely. uh, I love the city just because it's such a crazy mishmash of people from all over the world. Uh, and I've settled in and I, I kind of see this as my home now. I mean, Canada will always be my, my maternal home, sure. you know, but, um, but I really see London as my home now. I really do. Yeah. Well, it's great then, obviously, because I know many people that live different places and they always have that digging at them. But, you know, if you came here and found success right away and found happiness right away, then, you know, that's that's fantastic. That's really, really great. Yeah, I wanted it, it helped also that I came. I was traveling with my best friend and uh, he had the same, he felt the same way. He was like, yeah, I'm going to stay here too. So 
Uh, he's he's here now. He's a producer in animation. He's a really amazing writer, um, and that's really cool. We're working on a, a project together at the moment. Uh, uh, we're sort of working on a pilot for a TV show together. So oh, great! That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> so he's yeah. like family to me. You know, we studied at drama school together in uh, Ryerson in Toronto. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's that's always good. You know, we always have each other as kind of a connection to home. Yeah, which I, which I do imagine because uh, when I was in Canada, my family left before I did. So rather, other than a few buddies and a few guys in the band I was in, I didn't have that very close friend connection. So it may have made it yeah. a lot easier for me to make the jump back home because I had nothing really keeping me there other than a blues band who made about $12 a week. You know, so... <laughs> yeah. Because the so what, kind, what kind of things do you do musically? You, you like... Uh... Uh, what do you what do you sing or yeah, uh, I was a, play the guitar? Or I, what I, I, was, I was a singer and second rate rhythm guitar player. Um, but what oh, I did yeah. was surround myself with great guitar players and musicians. But yeah, I was more the singer songwriter. Uh, we did a lot of bluesy, yeah, cool. rock and rollsy style, uh, mostly I, original so, stuff. Like I have this dream that I'd always wanted to be in like a rock and roll band. <laughs> but I'm 48 now. I think that dream has. No, it's, it's never over. When you're down here for Geek Fest, we're going to get a guitar and we will jam out and we'll make at least a little part of that dream come true. There is an after party. Yeah, oh, there, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. There, there is an after party. There's going to be a stage and an audience. We can do it. Two Canadian guys, they'll be fine. They'll love it. Yeah, Matt's already agreed cool, to perform. So That's right. You can just back him up. Absolutely great. Um, <laughs> Now, I wanted to talk about, because I did see, obviously, the, the Muppet thing. I am a massive, huge Muppet fan, so I can't oh, yeah, okay. I can't go past it with at least asking what the experience was like. And the first question, I guess, would be, how, do you, how does that even come about? How do you wind up at Jim Henson uh, training to be a Muppeteer? Well, it is really, really weird. I literally just saw an advert in the newspaper and answered it. Wow. Uh, they were looking for anybody who was interested to be trained up as a Muppeteer to come along. And uh, I just went up and uh, I, I was actually relatively good at it. The first stages of the audition uh, passed by relatively easily. Um, and then after two weeks, I was invited to workshop for a further month uh, and then two months. Mm -hmm. And I was trained by Kevin Clash, who... Uh, is the voice and puppeteer of Elmo, or he yeah. used to be, yes. and um, yeah, and and that was it. You know, like I was there for three months, but I was like twenty four years old, and uh, <laughs> being a kid, really, because I was a kid then. I was like, you know, after two and a half months, I was kind of getting sick of it, right. and uh, and I just said to them, you know, I'm kind of like uh, I like it, but I don't love it, and I want to act. Still, and I'm an actor, and they got really kind of pissed off at me and told me to to go. So wow. I felt terrible in some ways. Yeah. But they sent me um, they sent me like a, a letter, I guess about a year after that, and invited me to uh, work on um, the Muppet Treasure Island, wow. which um, I couldn't do. So I kind of felt, oh, I guess there's no hard feelings. Yeah, I ended up yeah. working with them again, though. Um, on Dinotopia, when I was working, uh, I was basically doing motion capture on Dinotopia, playing, I don't know if you remember, it was a miniseries with uh, Wentworth Miller in the, uh, like around 2000, it was a Hallmark miniseries yeah. that was eventually made into a TV show. And uh, I was doing motion capture on it, and they were doing, the Muppets were on there doing, you know, Jim Henson's company was on there doing uh, you know, little bits and bobs of work. You know, obviously CGI 
started to take over their department, which is why the creature shop, I think, largely shut down here in yeah. London and, and centralized to Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, I worked with them. They're, they've always been really cool. And I'm, now I come across their puppeteers all the time. Um, I almost worked on a project, uh, a Muppet project a few years ago. I puppeteered for years on BBC here. Yeah. Uh, a puppet called Nev, the bear on uh, Bear Behaving Badly. Right. Which is a, you know, a kind of a fluke job as well. Sure. That, 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 I mean, it sounds really great. I, I can imagine there was there was probably a moment where, again, I, we asked earlier about obviously catching yourself in the mirror as a, as a White Walker. But I, I can imagine you had those moments again where you caught yourself and you've, you're you basically at Jim Henson. You're learning how to be a Muppeteer. I know it was something you then went on that it wasn't going to be your, your ideal goal, but it must have been incredible just to be in that moment and realize that that was what you were there doing. Yeah, it is. It's really weird. I, I, I have like... Uh, you know, I've had some, I've had these moments in my life over and over and over again where I've just caught myself thinking, wow, am I actually really doing this? Um, you know, I found, uh, you know, I, I find myself sitting at dinner parties sometimes going, wow, I can't believe I'm sat across from Liam Neeson or, right. you know, uh, it's a crazy kind of industry, but I think the longer you stay in it, the more absurdities that occur make you sort of feel uh, like they're just common occurrences as well. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but uh, yeah, life is, I think like when Tina Turner saw her, she said she saw her life story cut down to a movie, you know, mm -hmm. she said, wow, it looks really exciting <laughs> in yeah. two hours. She said it cut out all the boring stuff. Yeah, of course. But it's true, you know, life is really... So when I tell it in a colorful way, I've done lots of amazing things, but, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of days where I'm just sitting around watching Judge Judy and, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, hey, there's nothing wrong with sitting around watching Judge Judy all day, you know? <laughs> I love Judge Judy, man. Now, that's it. On a that's side... most of my life. Yeah. You know? Well, she's most the boss, life, Applesauce, you know? So, but the thing that, obviously, to, to, tr to, to go off par for a moment and discuss judge judy if we may have you seen the articles sure. discussing how much this lady is making like how much oh, yeah, money she's bringing in judge Didn't judy she like the second richest woman in america who's in the entertainment industry yeah. next to oprah yeah i, I think heard. it's like oprah judge judy that's huge she's making yeah. a ridiculous amount of money but you know why because she negotiated her own contract she has no agent or manager Wow. So, so when they offered her her first season, she said, I'll do the first two seasons and it'll be 60 40. Uh, and then we can renegotiate it. And after that, she was, she just negotiated uh, 50 50. And then after that, she negotiated like 70%. She makes like so much of the profit off of Judge Judy. It's incredible. Which, but she pays, she pays no agent or manager. Yeah, which in fairness, I mean, it's it's her show. It's built on her back. She should make the exactly. biggest chunk. You know, and I think many times the industry for everyone, actors, musicians, everything can be backwards in that sense. You know, it's it should be the guys in the costumes, singing the songs, yeah. writing the movies that are making the big chunks. You know, it shouldn't be the other ones that are providing said entertainment. And, you know, they're doing, I know distribution costs money, etc. But without the cast yeah. and actors and writers, you're not going to get any of that stuff done. You'll have nothing to distribute without 
the creators. Oh, of the, yeah. You know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like, there was a lot of hoo-ha about the cast of Friends demanding one million each per episode or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. But, you know, they got paid that. you got to remember that the producers would never have paid them that if they weren't already making yeah, triple exactly. or quadruple that off of it. Exactly. You know, so they, it all kind of comes out in the wash a bit, I think. Yes. Um, but yeah, Judge Judy is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's stopping her. She's just getting younger and younger, it seems. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she's probably a robot, is what we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. or she should f- be on Game of Thrones. As yeah. Like, yeah. The queen yeah, of the yeah, White Walkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or we're going to find out in a few years that Judge Judy, Judge Judy's been gone for a decade and it's actually been Ross in a costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually am Judge Judy. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. We, it, you heard it here first on <laughs> the first session. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, so because obviously in, in your, your current line of work, you could obviously find times where you do have a lot of spare time. You mentioned Judge Judy. Sometimes when the yeah. three of us sit around together, we talk about what our guilty pleasures are for daytime TV and movies and things like that. Yeah. Because the three of us are massive nerds, to be honest with you. So what are some of your things that are your guilty pleasures that when you sit down and you've got some spare hours to watch some junk TV other than Judge Judy, oh, of wow. course? Well, when I'm finished this podcast, I'm going to go downstairs and watch the next installment of The Real Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> And and then I'm gonna probably watch. Uh, oh, let's see. Well, I I love RuPaul's Drag Race, right. so I've seen all the seasons, yep. and I'm completely caught up on that. Excellent. Um, what else am I watching at the moment? Those are kind of my big guilty pleasures. I yeah. watch all of the Real Housewives franchise. I'm kind of like addicted to it. Yeah. I, I uh, reality TV, I love because you know when you shoot uh, film and you're doing scenes, you start to get, your eyes start to get really trained. And when I'm watching stuff, I really can pick up on, like, how they turn shots around, how they manipulated the shots. And reality TV seems the only bastion where people are kind of caught off guard yeah. uh, deliberately. And I quite love watching that. Yeah, um, like... I love a as lot of those. As long as it's not too manipulated, yeah. I don't mind it, you know? Yeah, I like a lot of those shows like Survivor and Amazing Race, etc. But I may be similar to you in that my favorite parts of those ones are the ones where somebody's talked a load of smack about the other guy, and then that guy's watching the video or he gets caught up on it and he says, I heard oh, what you yeah. said about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you, oh, get that awesome. guilty, you get that guilty that double take of, I didn't say that. I love um, Dance Moms as well. That it just totally rocks. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the, tra- I've seen the trailers for them constantly. And I love that. They're like, well, she's not better than my daughter. Uh, uh-uh, uh, my daughter's yeah. a way better dancer. It's awesome. Abby Lee Miller is completely satanic and insane and psychotic and narcissistic. I love it. It, She's just reality TV gold. I love her. It makes her great TV. I can can sort of feel it on the Housewives thing because one of my guilty pleasures is uh, I'm also a big wrestling fan. I have been since I was a little kid. Uh, Uh But but they now produce a show called Total Divas, which is a reality show, quote unquote, based on the the female – talent the divas of wwe um but it isn't right. it, it isn't within the context of wrestling it is in that they're on the road and they're dealing with makeup and wardrobe malfunctions ah, but cool. all they're really doing is catting at each other and meowing behind each other's back and to each other's faces and this these girls hate that girl but when they're there they're all friends and then they turn <laughs> around and they're backstabbing each other and the wife and i constantly catch herself watching it going we shouldn't like this show 
Um, no. <laughs> but I've also had confessions from other boys who were into wrestling and one of my friends very coyly and I knew what he was going to ask me, but he was beating around the bush and he was like, so have you heard of uh, that Total Divas thing, man? Like all, all the girls are in it. Uh, some of them are hot. And I'm like, if you're watching Total Divas, you can just tell me you're watching Total Divas. And now we have another thing to share because we both watch Total Divas. I for it, man. Total Divas. That sounds really good. Definitely. Cool. Absolutely. If you like, obviously, like you said, the, the satanic angry, the, 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 the people yeah. just going for each other. I feel like you will love Total Divas. Absolutely. I've had a few of the housewives like retweet something of mine or respond to my tweets towards them, which really trips me out. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. So it, um, <laughs> yeah. And I was basically just saying that, you know, it's really great that with modern technology, these people, mm. these characters, these actors are just literally one click away where you can send a tweet. And when you get reactions from people, it's just a, an amazing experience. Yeah, it is really cool. I uh, I do love it, and it's kind of a little bit frightening too. You don't want to get too, you don't. I kind of, you know, when you see the backlash of it for some people, you just think, "Wow, that must be brutal." Yeah, well, um, Joss Whedon you know, comes to mind right away. Yeah, I kind of dabble in it a bit, but I don't know how much I would if I was super mega famous. <laughs> Enjoy it's really it. Scary story, but, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nice that you can find people that are really accessible uh, with their opinions and who they are and be themselves a bit or what appears to be themselves you know on twitter it's quite fun yeah because uh, I've had a direct experience where I thought one of my favorite wrestlers had favorited and replied to one of my tweets I ran uh -huh. around told everybody and it turned out as a fake account oh boo yuck I, I was I was devastated. I don't. I'm afraid to admit how hurt I really was by that experience because I told everybody I was so excited, and then it turned out joke account. So I guess there's the yin and the yang. There's both sides of that, isn't there? Hey, uh, uh, talking about like Doctor Who, going back to Doctor Who. Sure. So do you watch Doctor Who? Yes, and my wife yeah. is a massive, massive, and massive fan. Do you watch it growing up in Canada? Yes, definitely. Because uh, they, Did used to, you? they used to. Oh, wow. They should. They didn't show it very like, often. I'm I remember watching it when I was a kid, yeah. uh, like in the 70s. I remember seeing like kind of reruns of it and stuff and just being like, what the hell is this? It's like <laughs> shot in a studio, shot outside, like so completely um, mishmashed, you know? Yeah. The old episodes are really mishmashed. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, you know, obviously it's got its reboot and it's just humongous and I've been living here for ages. Yeah, um, and now I've like I've been on two episodes, and the fans are just berserk. They're crazy for it. I received so much fan mail, and um, it's and the fans are absolutely amazing. I love them. Um, but what do you think of the show? Being a Canadian, what do you think of it? Uh, I. I liked it like when I, when you go back and see the old cheesy episodes because I'm a guy who loves original series Star Trek. I like seeing okay. I like yeah, seeing yeah, that the set too. is cardboard. I like knowing that those are Christmas lights behind there. Um, so I loved yeah. the older you know I, I love them all, but the older ones when it's cheesy effects and costumes that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. is is right up my alley. Um, my wife is a, is one of those mega fans you were just mentioning, and she's got me uh -huh. into watching all of the all of the newer ones. I think the show's oh, great. Cool. I think the best part about the show is that it isn't the same show every week. You know, a lot of shows you watch, for example, we watch uh, Arrow. You know, it's about the Green Arrow, a DC Comics character. Yeah. 
But basically every week, the Arrow is going to beat up some bad guys and he's going to teach you a moral story. Doctor Ooh. Who, you don't, there is no week to week. You can't predict that this is going to happen, that's going to happen, because the show is so mishmash. But I think that's in a great way. Uh, and I love that they regenerate so that the star, the main hero, changes, but it's still the same Yeah, character. that's actually really great. That's a really clever thing that you're able to do that. So you yeah. can switch your cast around every couple of years, because casts don't ever want to stick around for too, too long. I think that's the thing that Game of Thrones is going to suffer from a little bit. Um, depending how many more years it's, it's, it's gone on, it'll go on for is yeah. that, you know, some of its massive, massive stars that it's making will struggle to, to be able to stay in the show for as long as maybe it requires. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it'll become a movie. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. I guess the hardest part with Game of Thrones is, uh, you know, uh, the, the books aren't finished yet. Uh, you know, is what yeah. we always hear. I know that it's, exactly. it's, it sounds like the writers and the producers have sort of been given an idea of where the concept is going. But I guess yeah. the hardest part is waiting for him to finish the book so they can honor that and stay that way. But as yeah. an actor, if, if I was an actor, my fear with that show would be everybody's open game. Mm. Everybody's free to die. Yeah. Uh, you know, slaughter, yeah. yeah, I bet you that. But I bet you there's some, I bet you there's some actors who want to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And do other things, you know. Like yeah. the actors, when when actors become very successful, they are desperate to change their tune and do something else. Because yeah. you want to strike when the iron is hot. Because when course. you're hot, you get offered lots of other work, but you're never available to do it if you're busy and tied down. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I auditioned for something two years ago, almost now, which was. Uh, quite a big film and uh you know the casting director just said to me you know i will not touch you if you are if you are you know the casting if the if the producers are expecting you to go back into game of thrones next season i do not want to even see you for this role right. and i was you know kind of like oh man i really want to do this though i really really wanted to do it and like yeah. it turned out i just couldn't do it because you know, I have to go back into Thrones again. So yeah. you kind of lose out on things, and that can be a bit of a, a drag, I think, especially yeah. if you're a really big, big name. For me, yeah. I'm just happy I'm working yeah, either way. But, you know, you kind of get opportunities, and you have opportunities you miss, too. But, of course, yeah. You know, you got to take it, uh, you know, it's got to just be, you got to roll the punches, really, because if you're working, that's, that's the great thing, you know. Yeah, if you're not working, that, that kind of sucks. No, definitely. It's got to be bittersweet, of course, because all you ever wanted was to yeah. work. And now that you're working, you can't do that other thing you want to work for. But they wouldn't have offered yeah. you that other thing if you weren't doing the first thing. So you're in a big cycle, aren't you, of, uh, you know, yeah. that way. Hey, um, what did you watch when you were a kid, Matt, when you, we were growing up? What did you watch? In uh, well, I always, I was always, always into wrestling as a kid. I was attracted to the okay. color, the colorful characters and the, you know, the superhero of it all. Uh, uh -huh. I, I loved uh, Crystal Maze as a kid. I don't know if you ever oh, caught right. that here. They're bringing that back. I've heard they're bringing it back. Six million payment. I, yeah, I've heard they're bringing that back. Absolutely. Maybe maybe the get keep Richard O'Brien? Uh, I yeah, think, yeah, I, yeah, I heard, yeah, I've heard that's going to be him, yeah. Yeah, they've raised He must be like a thousand years old now. <laughs> yeah, he's got because he was a thousand years old when they did that one, right? So he's got yeah, it. Exactly. Now. Um, no, I loved that show. Uh, I was big into, actually, I really liked Matlock. Um, oh wow! Okay. And I mean, as a youngin, because my granddad used to watch it, and he was a Welshman, but he yeah. used to love Matlock. Um, oh, cool! Lots of shows like that. Um, in Canada, I knew we grew up with a few different things. Like I never realized that the Littlest Hobo was a Canadian thing. Oh yeah, yeah, Littlest Hobo. Yeah, because I watched that. I, know, I got like I think oh, that my got. teachers in drama school were on that a few like a couple of like a couple of them. Yeah. That, 
But uh, I loved uh, watching things like Bewitched, uh, yep. I Dream and Genie, Gilligan's Island, Absolutely, uh, yes. Scooby-Doo. I was like, <laughs> I loved all that when I was growing up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I love the original Star Trek series. That was completely awesome. Loved yeah. it. And it's yeah. one of the very few series that you can go back and watch now. And I almost think with all my worldly knowledge that I've gained, that it's a better uh-huh. show now than it was when I was a kid. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Really, I, really good show. I never got a lot of the the messages about humanity that they're going for in Star Trek. You know, the be good yeah. people and treat people well. A lot of that never came through when I was a kid because I'm just watching, oh, Kirk's going to mess up this alien. Yep, oh, yeah. Kirk's going to blow up this planet. <laughs> but now that you watch it going back, there's so much more to it. Um, in, uh, in Canada, when I was still living there, I loved a show called Breaker High. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Uh, I kind of know it, but I think... You're like a couple of generations behind me. Well, uh, yeah, behind me, I guess. I'm 48. So. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah, Breaker only... High was the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Breaker High was actually, yeah. it would have been early. It would have been 90s when I was, you know, in high school-ish. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do kind of recall it-ish. Like, yeah. I moved here in 91, so I was going back and forth a bit, and I did, I do recall it. Yeah, no, that was a great show. But no, I was, I was big into all the, all the sitcoms you mentioned. I loved Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Oh, Morton Mindy was amazing. Yeah, um, loved that. Happy although, Days, Laverne and Shirley, all oh that stuff. It. I loved it. Absolutely. We're speaking the same language. Um, <laughs> but I do find, I find Robin Williams' programs very, very hard to watch now. Um, yeah. Because it, it upsets me. It It really, but, like... Uh, what a legacy he left. I mean, he's a really incredible man. It would be a shame if he couldn't learn to enjoy them again. Yeah. You know, because I think he... That's the one thing that really gave him probably joy in his life is that he could bring joy to other people. Yeah, and he brought oh so much joy to mine because I I lo- lose count the, the mm. amount of times that I've cried laughing watching Robin yeah. Williams do something. And so, I very rarely cry when somebody I don't know dies, you know, like a, a famous person or a celebrity right. or whatever. But when when Robin Williams passed away, I was I have to say I, I did shed a tear. I was very and for me I was a bit like wow, it's just crazy and yeah. sad. But, I kind of always knew he was a bit manic depressive. I always kind of could sense that. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've worked with stand-up comedians in my life as well, and it, there's always that fine edge between humor and depression. Yeah. And um, but he was an amazing guy, and that's it. You know, his life, you know, was lived however it was lived out, but he left an amazing legacy of humor and brilliant work. Yeah, so. definitely. And I'm sure that there will come a day where I can watch it and enjoy it again. But it yeah, seems like it's almost like sure. too, too much of a raw nerve at the moment. Um, but I, yeah. I also always tell my wife that I feel like it's because I'm getting older. So I'm becoming more sensitive in my old age. And obviously yeah. seeing all these people that I grew up as my heroes and everything now mm. expiring, um, it makes me feel more, you know, more mortal and makes me realize, you know what? I'm not as young as I used to be either because, you know, True. everything's going, everything happens so quickly and so fast. But no, he he left an unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable legacy. You're right. I think favorite films for me growing up was definitely Back to the Future. That's the one I always go back mm-hmm. to. That I constantly love and constantly can watch over and over and over again. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. I can always go back to it. Well done, Shane. Uh, see, Shane's yeah, yeah. here. He's here just to throw in the occasional pun. Yes, yes, he's my left. He's my left hand man. <laughs> um, but I what about love, yourself, uh, The Fisher King, man. That's his his big big movie for me. Robin Williams. Oh I yeah, The Fisher King. Fisher King is great. Uh, a lesser known one that just popped into my head was Death to Smoochie. Uh, now, obviously, spending a lot of your time doing character work and costume work, I, I imagine you may have found that one interesting if you've seen it. 
Which one? Death to Smoochie. No, I don't know it. You should definitely check it out. It's uh, Robin Williams, Edward Norton, um, and essentially, ah. do you remember Barney the Purple oh. Dinosaur? Cool. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, you definitely should. They basically play TV, uh, TV kid, t- kids TV characters, uh, uh-huh. and they're now the two guys that are biting for one job. And essentially, yes, on TV, they're Barney the Dinosaur or whomever it is, but this basically uh-huh. showing you the real gritty, dirty world that is kids entertainment. Um, it's a great uh, watch. Right. Rob Williams has it's some real easy. zinger one-liners too, so I definitely recommend you checking that one out. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, listen, I'm getting the eye that I need to go soon. Okay. So. That, that's no problem um, at all. Do you want to ask me anything else? Yeah, what we'll do then, if, if, you know, if you've got to make, uh, if you've got to make trails, we can, if we wind up talking about Geek Fest, because obviously that's where you're going to come and join us here in August. Yeah, um, I know, I can't wait. August, it's the 8th and the 9th, isn't it? That's yeah, correct, yeah, really yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to have you. I imagine that you have a really good time just from talking to you for this little while, getting an idea of your personality. I would imagine you ah. really enjoy doing the cons. Oh, I love it. I love doing cons. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's one of the great things about Game of Thrones and Doctor Who. It uh, puts me in touch with a lot of the fans, and I love meeting the people who come out for the day. It reminds, you know, when you work in film and television, you don't get to have an applause or an audience, and that's kind of the only way you get one, and it's like going to these conventions. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really beautiful. You hear amazing stories like from people, and... Uh, I have a charity that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, a patron of called I Cosplay for right. um, you know kids that get bullied easily who are into cosplay. Yeah, uh, and that's a really great thing to to be part of as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's really good. I, I love the day. You know, it's always fun being out um, and meeting everybody and and hearing how crazily in love they are and how you affect people's lives. It's yeah, really of cool. course. Have you been to South Wales before? Yeah, Hill. well, obviously I've filming for to, Doctor Who, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been, I've been like quite all, all over Wales actually. Uh, I shot Dinotopia. We shot a lot of it in Bangor. Yeah. Um, I just was in Cardiff shooting Doctor Who last year. Yeah. Um, and I was up there for one of their the uh, well, the teller in Time Heist was being. Uh, put into the Doctor Who experience. So I was up there for that a few months, like I guess five or six months ago. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've been to Snowdonia. Um, I've been, gosh, I've been to loads of places in Wales. That's great. Uh, And I worked in Panto with uh, Lucy Jones, who is finalist on the X Factor, uh, I guess about five years ago now. Yeah. And she's a really good uh, friend of mine. And she's touring Ghosts in uh, China at the moment. Wow. Um, yeah, so like I get up to Wales every often. I find myself in Wales. That's awesome. <laughs> now, just a quick yeah, side question. As a performer, how much fun is it to be in a panto? Because that's got to be a dream of mine. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. I've done loads of them. I've played uh, the evil uncle in Aladdin, uh, Abenazer, and uh, I think you would know him as Jafar if you watched uh, you know, Aladdin the movie. Yeah. Um, that's the one I've done a lot of. I've played the Woodsman in Snow White. I've played the Ogre in Puss in Boots. 
Um, but I've never played a Dame, and I would love to be a Dame or an ugly sister. That would be my, my next big... Absolutely. You know, right, you the personality for that one. <laughs> yeah. Do well, yeah. yeah, it'd be great. Because um, obviously, I, in high school, uh, in Canada, I did musicals and everything. And my secret dream that I never told anybody as a kid was always to play the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. Oh, I could do that. I'm too old now, but I would have loved to have done that. Yeah, and the the only time I ever auditioned for it, Ross, they offered me the Cowardly Lion. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a great role too there. It is, but, you know, as an immature kid who wanted to star as Superman, I felt like they'd offered me Aquaman, you know? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be the, I don't be the Cowardly Lion. Why, because I'm chubby? Is that what you mean, is because I'm chubby? Uh, but he's so, like got a better costume. Totally. Looking back, it would be more fun to play him, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yeah, the straw costume would seem uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. So the hey, costume won't... would be a bit hot, though. Yeah, definitely. The Tin Man is the worst costume, though. It would be like cut into kind yeah. of aluminium stabbing you constantly. Yeah, that would definitely be the least favorite of them all, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, uh, we don't want to keep you any longer, Ross, so uh, I don't have okay, any more cool. closing thoughts. I'll throw over to Shane and Chris to see if they've got any closing comments, and then we'll wrap up, okay? All right, thanks a lot, Matt. It was hey, lovely talking to you. No problems. Lovely talking to you. It's been a real pleasure. Here are the boys. Yeah, well, well, I really look forward to seeing you, Ross. It'll be nice chatting anyway and listening to stories. But um, yeah, it'd be great to have a good one on the Q&A and things like that. So uh, yeah, see you then. Yeah, please. Yeah, I am. I can just hear you kind of breaking up a little bit. Oh, Maybe. sorry about that. Uh, sorry, we got one mic between the two of us. Yeah. You know Matt Hogg's the one on himself. Yeah, exactly. I'm the host. I get my own microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're just saying it's uh, going to be great to have you at Geekfest, and obviously we got you in a couple of Q and A's as well. So it's going to be uh, there's a lot more questions the audience can forward you because obviously you're upstage with yeah, cool. quite a few other guests as well. Yeah, so it's going to be a great, uh, great couple of days. Cool, and uh, I'll I be really hosting. Look forward to the Geekfest. It's Wicked. going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Awesome, and I'm going to be hosting those Q and A's with you, so we can tell some Canadian stories and oh, have yeah. a chat, and we'll have a great day. So uh, okay, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Everybody, check okay. out Ross Mullen. Check out his work. It's probably going to scare you. It's phenomenal stuff. Look him up and come and see him at Geek Fest. Thanks for joining us today, Ross. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Get Geek. Brought to you by Geek Fest and Sin City Comics.